WHIVLP New Orleans 102.3. This is Good Morning Comrade. We have Jeff and Robert on the show. Uh, Robert, how you been, bro? Haven't talked to you in a little bit. Uh, all right. Um, let's see. Things are going on. Um, Walgreens was out of my meds, so I've gone like four days off of like my SSRIs, which is not cool okay. because if you've ever been like stoned or like slightly buzzed, like that's what it feels like when you're getting, you know, what's known as the brain zaps and uh-huh. you're just kind of like, it's, it's just annoying enough to be like, Oh, I'm just tired. Or like, what's wrong with me? And then you're really like, Oh, that's right. I haven't taken my Zoloft in like almost a week now. And that's why um, I just feel absolutely off. Uh, mm. I'm going to go refill my prescription as soon as we get it done with this. Because the pharmacy's open till 10 central, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday, I called in sick to work so I could go to Mississippi and watch the Mississippi Aquarium uh, release sea turtles back into the ocean. Oh, what? No way. That's a Word? Better, better, yep. That was a better use of my time than answering phone calls and doing TPS reports. So I was happy I did that. <laughs> Turned that into a whole... Uh, beach day where I went to like well not even a beach day went to the Hard Rock Hotel and like I got some food and then just got the day pass for the pool and um, just coming face to face with global warming mm-hmm. it's absolutely crazy it's I mean since we were kids Jeff you know like I remember the first thing being in elementary school and like having chapters in our you know earth science book about the ozone layer mm-hmm. about like ozone depletion and being like well that sucks mm-hmm. and, and it just feels so weird to like come face to face with it now as like a 42 year old person here on earth well, and i'm like oh yeah i guess man bear pig was real <laughs> and i know like the south park boys like made a made an episode where there it was a big mia copa like i'm sorry but still they're they're kind of they're kind of try-hard jerk-offs. They're like, edgelords. Yeah, they're just like, oh, I'm too cool for everything, and that's why we're going to make fun of global warming. But as I'm sitting by the by the hard rock pool, feeling that, like, drinking half a beer and feeling like I'm going to have heat stroke at any second, and as I get into the water, and the water is as, literally as hot as, like, a cool jacuzzi, <laughs> I'm well like, this boiling. is really bad. Yeah, I'm like, I can't be outside. Mm-hmm. for any amount of time and i can't imagine people like thank god i have you know i have a job where i don't have to be outside anymore i i don't know how anybody's dealing i really don't and it's only going to get worse from here like this is the new normal like the yeah. hottest day the hottest day recorded on earth is seems like every day and this is going to be the new normal until you know techno technology figures something out are we just mm-hmm. in the earth as we know it because you read most you know you listen to the climate scientists and they're they're like yeah that one to two degrees that we're feeling right now it's irreversible yeah and it, it just feels absolutely dystopian like every day it just feels like a new dystopian well, like fresh hell this is something that like speaks to something that obama talked about like last week where, like, he was saying that, like, uh, I have to pull it up, but, like, it was essentially, like, one of his daughters came up to him and said, like, well, 
We don't know what to do about global warming. Feels like there's nothing that could ever be done. You know, like why didn't you do something specifically about this? And like, oh Obama, really? Like, 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 like came? Wow. It wasn't exactly. I'm about to find the the clip, but uh, it was like one of those sorts of deals where you're like that's the actual dynamic because it's actually her dad who literally did yeah. nothing about actually changing global warming, and like that's sort of like an implication here. And like Obama did the usual Obama thing where he just like. Well, you know, sometimes you have to just make compromises to make sure that we're in a better world and so that, uh, you know, <laughs> essentially like negotiating with like tens of millions of lives, like like yeah. saying that like, well, you know what, instead of, uh, and this is not exactly what he said, but this is the sort of short of it, is that like, well, instead of like losing 100 million lives, you know, maybe we can, uh, maybe we can save about, you know, half of those, you know, like that kind of stuff. Like the, the classic Democrat just like split the baby sort of deal. I have to find that. I was, I, I was like, when yeah. I see this, I'm like losing my mind. Let me find I just, it. Yeah, I'm, I just feel like, wow, like, here we are at the end of all things. It's like, it, this feels insane. Like, the, I, I've never felt, like, so dystopian as in focus as just when you go outside at midnight to let your dog out. It's as hot as it was during the daytime. Oh, man. It, it absolutely. I'm like, this isn't right. Yeah. This is very wrong. And I don't think people are taking it serious enough because it's it's kind of like the frog boiling in the pot, you know, like you just. Well, the difference between the frog boiling in the pot and like the in like what's happening to us right now is the frog has enough common sense to actually jump out of it. Like, that has actually been tested, and it's not really true. Yeah. The frog doesn't actually sit in the pot and let itself get boiled. <laughs> we just, we, we do. Humans do. Yeah, we do. We anyway. absolutely do. Yeah, it's um, one of those really like like frustrating things and like if even if like we somehow are able to assemble Voltron in the last Deus Ex Machina moment, like there's going to be so much significant irreversible damage that is done to the earth that we could never ever undo it that um I don't know. It's just like one of these like situations. It's like why bother? Like it's it, it's really hard to not go nihilist on that sort of thing. And like yeah. you mentioned a moment ago, that um you know the heat and what do people do? You know, there's more heat fat related fatalities this year than there's been in decades. You know, like that's what's go that's what people are doing. They're freaking dying. They're dying. Yeah. yeah. Until until capitalism finds a way to you know to monetize to us all the inside the cooling dome or mm -hmm. or whatever because that's I mean that's the plan is that oh well you know the, the global south is probably going to be gone mm -hmm. in the next fifty years like it'll be uninhabitable and everybody will be pushed into some kind of weird I've said dystopian five times already but I just can't you know some kind of weird like Judge Dread megacity mm -hmm. that has like you know. You can rent like a cooling, you know, time in a cooling dome or something stupid like that, and and that sounds hyperbolic and ridiculous, but like it's it's really not because 
that's really the bet that that these capitalists have have taken. We're gonna have to live in the Jetsons world where you have like people just living in bubbles, like up far, far above the land, in in like like on lifted platforms, you know. Because I mean, have you ever mm-hmm. think about what lies below in the Jetsons? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's probably that's just like a, a bunch yeah, either like, like it's all water world. or it's just like a completely God. destroyed planet. <laughs> I've never thought of that. I'm not even being. I'm not even joking. Yeah, like that'd be an amazing, like Hanna Barbera, like Turner would never. If they went dark like that. That would be amazing. Yeah, that's how you reboot the Jetsons. (laughs) But it's like the dark, gritty reboot of the Jetsons. I mean, it could work. It could. I could see it. Actually, let me take that back. It could work. It would be, it would be an Adult Swim show, like on you know, like Sea Lab or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or like Space Ghost. And that's that's exactly how you would do it. It's just like the pre-Jetsons era. Like mm. what what was George and I can't remember his wife's name. Like what were they doing before the cataclysm? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> when, when, that would be good, dude. I mean, at least in the Jetsons, though, like the idea of work is like one dude like sitting in a chair, like pressing the same button over again for the rest. Actually, no, that's pretty dark too. Cause that is a little bit kind of too close to real life as well. Like, yeah, that, I mean, that's like you kind still of have to I work do. to do a meaningless job. Like capitalism. And I love it. Like I have a fake job and I love it. Yeah. Love it. Love my fake job. But it, it is a, you know, it is a fake job. Like I could drop dead tomorrow and it's, everything's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, you know, if we have people who work real jobs who are suffering right now, and then those of us who work fake jobs, like, you know, like my, my wife, Erin, is a social worker. She has mm-hmm. to go out and literally talk people down off of off of ledges. Mm-hmm. And that can't be fun to do when it feels like 108 outside. Yeah. Um, farm workers. That's, that's just one more fuck. That's just one more thing. Farm workers are dying extremely, like in like very, very like terrible numbers right now too, because they literally sit outside oh, and they dude. pick all of the food, like they they, they they reap all of the crops that you eat, you know, and and they're paid. I mean, most of them don't have status in this country, and I'd, I'd have to get somebody to talk about this on the show, but uh, this actually would be a really interesting topic to discuss, but like. Just these heat waves are, are 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 killing people, and it's you know, and and again at the same time, you know, what do you see on if you turn on television? Is that like, oh, we have a country music singer who's upset because he's getting canceled because he yeah. wrote a song that is not about lynching. I promise, it's not about lynching. But it's to- if you listen to it, it's totally about lynching. Totally <laughs> is. Um, but the thing is about that, it's because it's it's like everything else. It's like you know, drug use or illicit drug use in this country or anything else that that first affects the marginalized and the poor mm-hmm. and the working class and then filters up. Yeah. It's not this heat wave is not killing the right people yet. Yeah. As soon as it starts killing the right people, then it'll be a major oh my gosh. Yeah, well the, the thing about it is that uh the the sort of way that we have our society structure that these people, the wealthy and I mean we're not dying out in the heat, you and me. We're not necessarily no. included in this. We just seem to, we just happen to care about it. And, you know, mm-hmm. we relate, we associate ourselves more with the working class people that are getting this thrown against the, the better, essentially the cannon fodder in the, in the, uh, um, in the sort of war on the planet, essentially. Um, mm-hmm. But, but like, you know, the fact that like, there is a necessarily amount of insulation that working people, I mean, that, uh, that the ruling class has from these realities. And, uh, 
you know, uh, just, <laughs> like Ron Perlman said, Ron. you know, there's a lot of ways that your house could burn down. You know what I mean? Ron. Yeah. Did you see that? Oh my oh, gosh! Of so course let's, I did. Good way, good way to pivot to, uh, I guess, yes. some of the strikes that are happening. So, um, this, the, um, first off, the Writers Guild of America has been on strike for probably about three months now. We definitely discussed this at some point uh, in the past couple of months on the show, but also uh, about two weeks ago, uh, the Screen Actors Guild um, went on strike as well. And, they've been striking um, for that long for two weeks. It it's it a week like or two. Days. I mean, it's the second. It's the second week. Let's say that. Um, okay. And uh, one of the things that uh, kind of leaked out. It was this, this was like fairly you know publicish information was that one of the ex executives that were involved in the uh, uh, in the negotiations. Uh, one of the you know company. You know, one of these motion picture. You know, company CEOs likely Bob Iger said one essentially that the strategy. One of these vultures. Yeah, Disney. Well, your boy, right? Um, not my boy. He, <laughs> he's just... not. He's not in the creative <laughs> side of the business. Yeah, he I'm just messing with you. Boy. I know what you mean. But um, no, but but he like came out and essentially said, you know, not necessarily like he didn't put his name on it because he's a coward, but um, essentially said that uh that the strategy was to not even begin negotiating with the union until October. And the reason for that would be that some of the, especially the, I mean, not all actors are rich. Um, yeah. You know who, you know who the rich and famous ones are. Almost all of the other ones that you don't know of are like working class people who probably make less money than you do. Do like acting as gig work at that level. And essentially mm -hmm. what they said was we're going to starve them out and they'll start losing their homes and you know, they, they won't be able, they'll be in a much worse negotiating position. Um, so, and they'll start losing their houses and things like that. And uh, then we'll really be able to get, you know, stick it to them essentially. And <laughs> Ron Perlman, who's a fantastic actor, by the way, Hellboy himself. Um, City of Lost Children. Yeah, there you movie. go. He's the, be he's the best part of uh, Alien Resurrection, which is <laughs> uh, not a great movie. I, I won't call it bad. I'll call it anybody who knows that director, like, and that he directed City of Lost Children. Like, I like, see, I love City of Lost Children growing up. And then when I forget his name, the director, um, he's a French guy. But as soon as it was like, oh, this movie is coming out, like Alien Resurrection, and it's directed by him, and it's starring Ron Perlman, like, I'm I, I'm sure, not to toot my own, but like, I'm one of the few people that's like, oh, I know exactly what this is going to be. It's going to be so weird. Mm -hmm. It's going to be so out there and weird. And it was. And so I wasn't like, I was like, yeah, it's fine. But I can understand how, like... People, like normies would be like what on earth yeah like this is such a weird hollywood tentpole thing that's so weird yeah well anyway ron perlman this 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 actor um you know very successful character actor you know he's been around in the business for decades uh he, he did an instagram live when he basically said listen mfr whoever said that like there's more than one way to lose your mm -hmm. house and he talked about he basically did like a, it's a nice house you got there. Be shame if something happened to it, kind of like. <laughs> yeah, it's it was it was so pretty cool. amazing. And like the thing about that, so from a guy like that, I can I completely expect it. The thing that's surprising me the most about this strike, and I haven't honestly, I haven't seen it in other strikes as far as like 
the things I can think of that always make news, teacher strikes or like, you know, um, UPS or FedEx workers, um, is that the, again, the normies, like, you know, just the people online, not in our circles either that, that we run with, not in the, um, not the people that you would expect what I'm looking for. Yeah. The people you expected from the kind of, um, you know, the, 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 the bubble, the mm -hmm. media bubble that we're in. Mm -hmm. No, these are just like normies being like right on. Like I hate like like you know, I hope that the studios break. These people deserve all the money because they're the ones that are actually creating entertainment. Studio execs do nothing. I mean, and I'm just like shocked that like that people like working people are connecting so much to not just the writers guild, but the actors guild as as workers, as fellow workers. Mm -hmm. And it's like it's it's a really good surprise it's like the the hardest pushback that i've seen like online is people saying well uh movies suck anyway i'm so tired of all these terrible movies it ain't the actor's um, fault <laughs> and i'm just like I'm, yeah and they're like oh so let them rot who cares like we need less of these garbage sequels anyway and i'm like I, that's the studio well i'm just like my dude um do you think that these writers are just like they've got a script and they're just like, you better green like this or else. Yeah. Or is it, or is it the idea of the executive saying we're going to make, um, transformers part 87. You can either give us a script or I'll find somebody who does, who will. Yeah. And the first thing I think of in that, and that, that sounds hyperbolic, but it's not because no, that's what's if happens. you remember, that's if, what yeah, is. exactly. If you remember last year, everybody was complaining about how bad the matrix movie was the new matrix movie, but they didn't understand that it was bad on purpose and not like bad in an Ed Wood or a, uh, what's his, what's, what's the guy from Shawmat, man? The, the room guy. Oh, Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter, but you, you can see his face, but it's not like it, that movie wasn't bad in an Ed Wood way. Like it was purposely bad because Lana Wachowski was literally given that ultimatum by by Warner Brothers. Make this movie. They're like, That's the they're like you, yeah, you will write and direct this, or we'll find somebody who will, and we don't care what comes out of it. So the whole movie is like a meta hostage letter. Tommy Wiseau. It's a move. Yeah, That's it's a move. Tommy Wiseau. Thank you. It's a movie made under duress, and that's why it's so bad. Yeah. And, and that's why like, yeah. every Marvel movie's terrible. Uh, yes. All these, everything that's coming out uh, right now, except, I mean, I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be different with like this Barbie movie or with this Oppenheimer movie or whatever. But I mean, th th there's going to be some gems in there regardless. But like, sure. like you just kind of fall into it because actually writers do have the ability to uh, make e even turn the chicken, you know, S in the chicken salad sometimes, yeah. but uh, yeah, you're not really given a lot of creative premise when everything is essentially associated to licensed something else that's licensed. Yeah, it's um, they're workers, you know, mm. and the only reason, like, you know, you don't even have to talk about uh, you know, oh, working actors and people who are doing gig work, which is the majority of yeah you know, uh, of screen actors, yeah. but we can talk about a Tom Cruise. We can talk about a Ryan Gosling in the new Barbie movie and just be like, yeah, the reason they why they're able to, yeah. 
Yeah, the reason why they're able to make $100 million off of this one movie is because the executives are making 10 times that. Exactly. That's Whatever exactly number right. you want to throw out. And those people are creating no value. They're, Bob Iger... Bob Iger could fall off the face of the earth tonight and then Nobody the Disney care. company will run. The creative side will run. It will probably run better because if you know, you like think about your jobs, you know, people who are listening to this, think about your jobs and your manager at one time is called in sick and no, if you, no manager shows up. Do you notice that the, the store actually runs better? Yeah, it does. So, and then yeah, there are um, ways yeah. that you can uh, help out, um, especially if, if you're listening right now. Um, you know who's been really good about uh, getting information about this out is Adam Conover. I, Adam Conover has ruined Adam ruins everything except for like this strike because and I don't know if you're anybody's familiar with him. I assume that most of you are, but uh, he's a, a a writer and a actor. Um, he you know he did uh, Adam ruins everything and all these other things, um, but he he uh, has been doing actually very good uh, YouTube videos, TikToks, uh, Twitter videos talking about how you can help. So check him out on Twitter, on TikTok, on, on whatever, Instagram. Um, but the, essentially the things that you can do to support are, one, don't um, promote any of these sort of – any films or um, any films or television shows that are being struck by uh, the Screen Actors Guild or the – Tell all your TikTok influencer friends that we all have. Yeah. Yeah, you know, hey, buddy, I know you're in Ibiza right now, so you probably haven't seen this, but um... – yeah, could you please not promote um, the Oppenheimer movie on your on your TikTok thread? That'd be Correct. Great. Thanks. And also, um, the another thing that you can do is actually donate to um, striking writers oh, really? and striking right. yeah and striking um, uh, and striking um, actors. So there are definitely ways to do that. Check out um, Adam Conover's uh, Twitter account. It's at Adam Conover, uh, and you can get more information about how to help people out. And uh, this is all coming. And this is, by the way, I, I don't want to like overstate it, but this is one of the largest like private sector like strikes that has ever taken place in this country. Um, and honestly, the first, the last time, uh, the Screen Actors Guild and the Writers Guild both went on strike. Um, guess who this, the leader of the uh, Screen Actors Guild was at the time? I already know, but I don't want to. Steal one of the worst thunder. union busters in the history of this country. Absolutely, Ronald Reagan, and they got residuals out of that. <laughs> and it was because of cable, right? It, like cable uh, was just yeah, take which off? is essentially the equivalent in this situation. I don't know if it was maybe it may, I'm 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 have to check myself on that, but um, but that would that would be the sort of corollary in this sort of situation to online streaming flat platforms because what the, the um one of the arguments that the um studio executives are making is essentially that um this, while they're making money hand over fist on uh you know your peacocks and your hulus and your netflixes mm -hmm. and your maxes and all these other like million different uh streaming services that um they're essentially saying the, the the executives are that like oh actually these are very unstable and we don't know so we can't really pay residuals on that which is complete but like it's work bug. it doesn't matter what do yeah. you mean you can't it's work yeah even if that's true it doesn't matter like i that these people are not contra unless you're unless you've got one of those weird Disney like I work for ABC so that means I'm on 
you know, I, I work for Disney. That means I'm on ABC and ESPN, like that mm. whole thing, like an old Hollywood studio. Like these people aren't working under those type of contracts. So mm -hmm. it's like, I don't care if you, as a worker, I don't care if you're telling me it's, this isn't like stable or whatever. This, what I know is I did work and you're making money off my work every time somebody clicks that mouse or, or that, that fire stick remote or whatever. Mm. So it's like, I don't want to hear it. If, if, if this is, too, if this is too much for you, then you need to get out of the game. Yeah. You know, it's the same, it's the same thing as, you know, people saying, Oh, am I, I can't afford to, you know, to give benefits to my employees. Then you, then you can't be in business. Right. Like that, that's, that's what it is. What it is. Yeah. At that point. Um, but I am just so shocked again. I can't really over, I can't really Pleasantly surprised. overstate how, yeah, just surprised I am that so many working people have connected with this sector, which I feel it would be so easy just to, just for propaganda to turn on them and be like, oh, these rich, you know, I, I haven't seen this in my lifetime from people who I don't want to say work harder, but do manual labor. Yeah, what what pops into my mind is you know I've I've seen in my lifetime a couple UPS strikes and it didn't get this type of reception where definitely from the public and it definitely should have. So I mean, you're the labor guy. Like, why do you think that is? I um, really don't know. I think the answer, part of the answer to this, and you mentioned UPS, and we'll get to them in a minute. Um, yeah, but uh, part of the reason I think is because one, people feel like they have less power in their jobs than they've ever had in their entire lifetimes. And, and that's reflected in um, sort of wages and benefits have been slowly on the decline since the 1970s when, when compared to productivity, um, the costs of housing and the cost of everything has increased um, you know, over that time. So people are working harder than they ever have and getting less for it. And um, that, while also at the same time, we have more avenues for communication that we've ever had before. Even if, even if they're terrible and you know run by Elon Musk or whatever, at least yeah. there's a way that you can, if you have enough people, cannon blasting, you know, information and and putting forward these conditions for solidarity. Um, that's 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 the right. I mean, that's a it, it's overwhelming. And it's 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 actually uh, changed a lot of these uh, the landscape for these sorts of situations, so that um, you know workers have uh, workers are essentially able to take the offensive and actually stand up for themselves and actually demand the things that they need uh, for their lives because they they're um, you know the, the part the, the relation between capital and labor is that labor exploits capital. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's becoming uh, like fairly evident, at least in this period right now, you know, and it's something that might be fleeting. It might be temporary, um, but it's uh, something that's definitely like there's something happening here that, um, you know, people are relating more with their coworkers and their comrades than with their bosses. And that's a good thing. You know, do you think that I'm going to put my cynical hat on for a sec. Mm -hmm. Do you think. Because I started thinking about when you said technology, mm -hmm. um, why? Because obviously the studios did not expect this. They no. expected the way they were talking. They expected everybody to just be like, oh, just you rich yeah. people get back over there and make my movies. Get back to work. But um, yeah. But do you think it's because 
we haven't because of technology we haven't had access to celebrities like this before mm. and now there's a little parasocial like relationship thing going to where people are like oh i can really really kind of i can relate to this person even though it's margot robbie and you know she doesn't really she doesn't look like me she lives a life that's completely different from me but because i have like this unfettered access to them like i i feel connected to them in a way i wouldn't have even a decade ago um i'm sure that's part of the i'm sure that's part of it but I don't think it's the main thing. I mean, we're also in a situation where we're we're seeing like the we have probably one of the dumbest ruling elites that we've ever had in our entire lifetimes at Absolutely. the same time where people like Elon Musk decides that, um, you know, he's going to run a space program or whatever. And, you know, if one of his rockets gets blasted off in the space and it explodes, which happened, and he can, he, you know, sort of feels like, oh, you know, we can just say that we meant to do that and call it, uh, you know, uh, uh, sim you know uh, instantaneous sort of de dismantlement or whatever that they called that or whatever. And, you know, think that people are stupid enough to fall for it. Like, people realize that, they notice it, and they're like yeah the people that run this world are actually like not only huge complete friggin' idiots but they're also like they think i'm stupid and i can feel i'm i could be fine with them being idiots but if they think i'm stupid i take some you know i take a, I have a problem with that it just feels like the working class people who aren't rich and, the, and who are workers are they're over rich people like we're over it we don't care that let them all go let them all take a trip to the titanic but oh we didn't even talk that, about that <laughs> they're able to like suss out the nuance of you know the the one percent of hollywood actors who are ridiculously rich mm -hmm. are still workers and they're still being exploited i just i've never seen nuance been accepted like this by like the american mass public in my lifetime i can't think of really anything else and i'm just again i'm just pleasantly just like wow y'all are really y'all are really for the most part right on this one and the people who are wrong are being shouted down mm -hmm. being like shut up you don't know what you're talking about mm -hmm. and i'm just impressed yeah Totally. Um, and it's, it's a great thing. And you mentioned we can move on. Um, oh, let's pause for station ID. You listen to BHFVLP, mm -hmm. New Orleans 102.3. is a good morning, comrade. Uh, we are also on the precipice. While we also have this, like, one of the largest strikes in the history of uh, this country um, taking place, you know, with the screen actors and, and the, um, the writers kind of combined together, uh, we're also on the, the precipice of a... Uh, do strike with the UPS uh, workers um, across the country. And they're, uh, I mean, this is another one of those sort of situations where, you know, historically you might have thought that, well, um, there's already a tentative agreement with the full-time workers uh, at UPS to increase their wages. To, and they get paid, per, like full-time drivers get paid fairly well. The problem is that so many UPS drivers are, they have a, they have a, what's called a two-tier system where they have so many part-time workers who work weird, wacky hours. They don't get paid. They don't have the same benefits. They don't have any of the same stuff. So, like, when people, 
like will point at UPS drivers and say, oh, they make 40 whatever dollars an hour, which is like, hey, that's good. Good on them, I say. Yeah, good but on like, them. Exactly. That is not every every UPS worker that's getting that. And the Teamsters have been fighting to get rid of this two-tier dynamic and make it so that um, essentially that the workers that, you know, the part-time workers get the same, at least the same level of benefits. It's great. And um, if you look actually at um so so in the past couple of weeks there have been you know sort of practice strikes that uh yeah. the um ups teamsters uh ups workers have been engaging in and i mean they're one to make sure that they know how to do the strike stuff which is extremely important but also they've had extremely not just extremely like high participation from members but they've also ha been shown from community allies and, and other people on these practice picket lines, mind you, um, support from from allies. So it's not just it is, it's not just the, the, the workers, the team, the Teamsters, the UPS workers who are out there fighting for their lives, but the people are on their side and they're showing up. And that's incredible. And it's so much. It's, it's been so effective to the point that uh, UPS had sort of ceased negotiations, uh, I think, last month. Uh, they actually um it was either yesterday or the night before as of recording uh said they intend to return to the the bargaining table and get back to business because uh they, i think that they're they're feeling that uh these workers aren't gonna break and they're right actually wow it's just yeah I, my brain is so broken that i just i i don't know how to take a win i mean i'm gonna be honest with you like i'm just like what like y'all are <laughs> you know y'all are striking and people are like great Let's go. Like, they're not like, oh, you know, you get paid forty dollars an hour, or oh, you're Adam Conover and you've got a, a television show on, shows or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and or you're Fran Drescher and you've got all the you just want to protect your nanny residuals or or whatever garbage they try to throw out to, to try to pit worker against worker and like people just aren't having it. Yeah, and I'm just Here's like, wow, let's go. Here's the release um, from the. Uh, essentially announcing that this is what the situation is uh, from the Teamsters. Uh, US, UPS bows to Teamster pressure and negotiations to resume next week. Bargaining for contract, 340,000 Teamsters to continue current agreement expires July 31st, Washington. As thousands of UPS Teamsters pr practice picket, rally, and mobilize around the country, UPS bowed today to the overwhelming show of Teamster unity and reached out to the union to resume negotiations. The Teamsters National Negotiating Committee and the company will set dates soon to resume negotiations next week. Teamsters agreement with UPS uh, is the largest private sector union contract in North America. UPS Teamsters are demanding the strongest possible contract or are prepared to strike with rank and file members authorizing a strike by 97%. And that, this happened months ago. Over 340,000 UPS teams for delivery and workhouse logistics workers nationwide are fighting for a new five-year agreement that guarantees better pay for all workers, eliminates the two-tier wage, 22.4 job classification. That's what they call the second tier of workers. Yeah. Uh, increases the number of full-time jobs, addresses safety and health concerns around heat illness, um, and the reason for that is up until 
fairly recent, up until these negotiations, actually, UPS drivers did not have air conditioning units in their in their vehicles. What? Uh, no. That, way. And it's still the case. Also, I believe for for USPS, um, but I could be wrong about that. Um, I would definitely double check on it. Um, cause the our article, I mean, the um, release continues uh, and provides stronger protections against managerial harassment. Uh, that's present in every job. A US, a UPS made more than one hundred billion dollars last year alone. And it just goes to talk about where you can find more information about the Teamsters, teamster.org, facebook.com slash teamsters. Um, so, yeah, they're, um, they're out there. They're fighting. Uh, and they're going to get some. They're 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 not going to give up. They're getting rid of two tier. At least that's what the that's what the demand is. I mean, it makes total sense from the you know um, the the capitalist point of view of why you want to keep that in place because it's just a great way. One, to you have up, something no. to dangle over your workers um, to manipulate them the way you want the way you want, and then you can also pit worker against worker. Yep. Um, even even on the job site, yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's it's a great like union busting tactic, really. Mm -hmm. Be like because if the full time workers ever decide, hey, like we're being treated unfairly and we deserve more of the value we create, and they'll be like, oh oh, do you now? Guess what? I got this whole army of part time guys mm -hmm. who would love to have your spot. And, and also, oh, the reason that you're in the position that you currently have is because you didn't work hard enough. Look at all of them; they worked right. hard enough, and they have it. It's like a combination of the uh, the Protestant ethos and also the stick. <laughs> right. Now, yeah, and unions like the Teamsters understand that's why they have to fight for the, the quote-unquote, like, you know, weakest link, the proverbial mm -hmm. weakest link in the chain, because they understand if you if you let that we that link remain weak, they'll just that yeah. capitalists will just use that against you mm -hmm. and they'll they'll turn they'll turn those people on you yeah chain is only as strong as its weakest link right that's like the, the line <laughs> yeah absolutely that's so. how it should work and that's how it's working in this case it just whoo it just doesn't feel real when you're old and grizzled mm. like me well just i like, will yeah. say that i mean this isn't none of this is one yet this is the fight beginning and oh, uh, again this is also like you know when when the industry so if ups gets a really good contract that sets the standard for even fedex which is non-union um oh i didn't also, know that Dang. fedex is non-union and also oh it, it also provides a potentially like a reasoning like i mean it's not necessarily going to happen this way but it also could provide openings to organize fedex if they don't get what uh, the, the standard that the the Teamsters are demanding is so like um, FedEx basically stands a, like 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 um, FedEx is a company and the workers at FedEx uh, are definitely keeping their eyes on this and and you know that the FedEx uh, corporate management is definitely putting their thumb on the scale in any way that they can. I mean, I've told you this story before about you know uh, living in Southern Ohio in Cincinnati and like my uh, my uncles work for the Ford plant. They work for Ford and GE and, you know, Ford plant is still a good, a good union job there. And across the river in Kentucky, there is a Toyota plant and those I've talked to those Toyota workers and they're quick to tell you how great it is and how much they don't need a union. And it's like, no, the reason why you don't have, you don't, you telling me you don't need a union is because Ford is across the river. And they know that puts pressure on them to be at least as good as Ford, mm -hmm. or you you'll just go over there. Yeah, but yeah, that's 
that's why a rising tide in this in this in this instance a rising tide really does raise all boats mm -hmm. yeah because it's actually a tide <laughs> yep it's, it's actually not, a rising tide absolutely but um man so dare striking sagrafra striking i feel like i'm missing out on somebody else or a teacher strike going on i feel like i'm missing a strike no nah, i mean that th those are the big ones right now uh that are like really kind of permeating there are also other campaigns um like like uh, giant giant um uh janitor's contracts up and down the east coast that are coming up there's actions that's taking place at airports across the country i know wow. that uh certain sodexo workers um with unite here are on uh, are sort of um Go, you know, having actions and having opportunities to organize. I don't want to speak too, too um, freely about that because it's not something that I'm like necessarily um, that knowledgeable about at this moment. But there's definitely a lot of there's a lot of action taking place. Um, oh yeah, last a couple of weeks ago there were nurses on strike uh, in Texas yeah. and Kansas striking for a first contract. Like if you, I mean, if you dig into it, you'll see that 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 workers are. Uh, Workers are popping off. This is definitely Solidarity Summer. Popping off. Solidarity I like that. Did you coin that? Is that <laughs> no, no, no. That's, uh, is that, some, is that, is that messaging me. you're working on? No, no, no. That's Well, it's, some, like it's actually some stuff that I am using for work because, uh, but I didn't coin it. <laughs> I need a tie-dye shirt. This is Solidarity Summer. There right? you go. Summer of Solidarity. Yeah. But it's a... Yeah, man. But but that's sort of what's going on, uh, you know, with the unions and with, with the I mean, it's obviously not all of it, but that's sort of the the grand scheme of it, the landscape of it. And it's uh, it is it is. I mean, I don't want uh, it is like there's a lot going on and workers are standing up and fighting for themselves. And it's incredible. Right. So, I mean, with the. And these are like all legit questions. Like I really, sure. it's not rhetorical. So with the, with the Hollywood strike with sag Afro, like what, how can they make, I mean, there, I know there's no new production, but like, how can they make by withholding new production? Like that doesn't actively make the studios bleed. Like at that yeah, it moment, does. right. It yeah, does. It does. Yeah, absolutely. Cause they're I not going to have like, anything. Real, I don't know. Um, they're not going to have anything new coming out if, if, if this lasts until around Christmas or so. Um, mm -hmm. There's not going to be any new movies or television or films coming out. Like, obviously, there's a, there's a certain kind of backlog of stuff. That's that, what I'm getting at. Yeah, there's a certain backlog of stuff. But once, that, once that's gone, they got no content. They got, you know, it's all stuff that nothing fresh anymore. Everything is just, like, already being, and, and that's not going to, that's not going to stand. Right. I um unless I they have scab about... like they make scab productions and that's I mean hopefully we Oof. get back to the I mean you know Gross. throwing tomatoes we'll and stuff be, you know yeah. <laughs> we'll not be watching any scab movies or or streaming yeah programming that's oh and it, also down. this is important and um I think that if people are listening and people are like oh I'm gonna cancel Netflix or Hulu or whatever um there's actually an ask from uh, the Screen Actors Guild and I believe also the Writers Guild. To not mm -hmm. do that, don't behave any differently than you normally would. Um, there's no call for a consumer boycott. Um, and the reason for that, and it's actually a, a, a really important reason and a smart flag by, by these groups, um, they, like part of the argument 
that the uh, studios are making is that um, streaming platforms are uh, tumultuous as a revenue stream and mm -hmm. for bringing in money. So if you like decide I'm going to change my behavior right now and cancel all these streaming services, you're actually making the boss's argument for them. <laughs> that makes sense? Not really. So, Go, like, so like part of the, the argument, it doesn't make sense at all to me. Actually. The argument that the bosses are making right now is that, mm -hmm. oh, we can't uh, give you residuals on um, we can't give you residuals on um, streaming platforms. Right. That's what they're saying. And the reason that we can't do it is because it's not a reliable stream of revenue. So if so, so essentially like people are quitting them way too often and all this other stuff. And we can't really predict what our quarterly numbers are going to be. So if everybody, if, if there's a concerted move towards dropping all of your streaming services right now, you're actually going to prove them right in this moment. Oh, I see that. It's not sustainable as a yeah, thing. As a, so as a that way they, they shouldn't pay them. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You see. Got it. And got so, it. No, that so with awesome. the workers, with the, uh, with, with SAG-AFTRA and the, um, Screen Actors Guild want is they want those residuals and, and you can actually backfire the situation. And I probably didn't articulate it perfectly here. Um, yeah. if somebody, you know, wants to correct me on the, the particulars of it, but that's sort of like the broad strokes. Um, but like, you know, don't change your behavior on streaming platforms right now. There's no ask for that. There's no ask for a consumer boycott at this point. If there is, we'll let you know. And they will too. So, I mean, the stuff we're talking about too is I was, I was reading um, a labor uh, writer, a reporter who's like, this is their beat. And the stuff they were, the studios are asking is like, they want to create a, a system to where instead of going to central casting and paying and paying people over and over they want to pay they want to pay these people these 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 actors for one day of work and they they scan they body scan them and then they take their voice AI. and then they can use mm -hmm. that into perpetuity which is absolutely again the most dystopian westworld black mirror garbage i thought i would never even hear in my lifetime but here we are and this is from the same industry that tried to convince us as children, like not to make copies of, of media that we purchased into perpetuity. Yeah, the, the FBI and, and warning on everything. Yeah. That, so I can't, you know, I, I wouldn't, da I shouldn't download a movie because I wouldn't download a car, but y'all are trying to download human beings. I mean, and that's supposed to be okay. Like, like no. It, it, it's one of those kinds of um, situations where it tells you that no worker, even like fairly protected workers, which would be the higher level, um, the higher level actors, you know, not even they're safe from automation. Right. Yes. And, and what the thing is, what the boss wants to do, what they always want to do is they want to get the work that the that workers would normally produce but not have to pay for it and so that they can keep all that capital for themselves from on the like idea and i think i think it's different for for um for acting and i'll get to the reason for that in just a moment but like the idea of automation isn't necessarily a bad one or it doesn't oh, have absolutely to be not. a bad one i i so, saw i saw a good meme the other day and it was cheeky but it was like it was 100% true like even marx wrote about this in, in capital is that the idea that we have AI programs that are reading books and writing poetry and 
and doing art while we toil at fake jobs is completely backwards. Yeah. Like it's not how it's supposed to be. Like the whole idea of AI, like not actual AI, that's a whole different ball of wax, but the idea of automation, I think is a better word for it. Mm. Um, the idea of automation is supposed to free us from toil. We're not supposed to toil so we can purchase auto. We can watch automation fulfill its, fulfill itself. And it's not even human. Right. Well, that's exactly it's right. Well, um, so again, and the important question in both of these situations is that again you're replacing the human getting the same work done you're replacing the human the human gets nothing and the capitalist gets everything and so uh, so that that's a problem um what, what needs to happen if there's going to be a just sort of like automization of any economy means that the wealthy are going to have to give up a lot more than they're currently doing it's not a it's not a cost saving measure it is a labor saving measure and it's um, it's something that needs to be that needs to be that work for everybody, not just a, not just a few wealthy. And and again, this is not new. This has been happening ever since the steam engine or the printing press, right? Like this is not uh, this is, like automation is not new. The thing is that right now it's been sort of on a on a very fast trajectory to the point where it's been putting a lot of people out of their out of jobs at at, a, at sort of unprecedented rates. Now again, the reason that it doesn't work for me when it comes to, and this is a question more of a personal taste than anything like that, is that, wow, you really want to take the human out of the humanities, out of the art? Like, come on. Like, that's ridiculous, oh, of right? Course they do. <laughs> like, that's, that's the thing. I mean, we've already kind of seen it. And I, I think about, you know, since we're talking about streaming services, I think about how hyped I was for, um, on Disney plus, like the She-Hulk show. Yeah. And, it looked like absolute gar no, it's absolute garbage. That's a shame. But I she love She Hulk. What a great character. Yeah, she yeah, she's such an interesting character. I love characters that not aren't necessarily in those worlds. Like that I started reading She Hulk when Peter David was writing it and it was incredible. Yeah. It was awesome. I, I, I like the idea that you've got a, a person who is an attorney and then they've also got this let's just say what it is, it's it's a disability mm. that they they're not like you know Bruce Banner. They can't turn back. They're always green. They're always the Hulk. She's big and, and strong and pretty cool. Yeah, and they they're navigating this world as the Hulk, and they have a job. You know, they've got bills to pay. I, I like that kind of aesthetic. But my point is that show. Um, I and I haven't watched. I know I just said it was terrible, but I haven't watched one episode of it because. People say like it's terrible, but the reason why I didn't watch it is because it looks like absolute garbage because the CG, they, they use all the CG and they farm out for it for the cheapest bidder in like Taiwan or India or wherever they, they, they did. And they did the minimum amount of passes or renders for this. And it looks like actual garbage. So we know what this road looks like if we're going to like it's not like these companies are going to create some kind of a, a super AR license and AI that's going to be, you know, write the next great American novel or the next, um, it takes the a next movie that's that. going to win an award. They're going to do it on the cheap. They're going to do it the cheapest way possible. And that's going to bring us transformers part three to 300. And it's going to be absolute <laughs> garbage. God, so it's like, we don't want these technologies. We really don't want, we don't, we want them to assist with art. We don't want them to create art. 
All right, here's if that makes any here's, sense. here's you just said two things, and now you said Transformers 300. Could you imagine if they had a trans a, a Transformers movie, but it was exactly the same as 300? Could you imagine? I mean, they kind of are. They're kind of these. They're big, all like big, loud, <laughs> big, loud like Spartan. Annoying. Even though like three, 300 was cool. Like 300 is a cool movie, even though like the Spartans and the bad guys or whatever. But like for a comic book movie, it's one of the best comic book movies ever. But um, yeah, but. It's just a big, loud garbage movie, and like nobody wants that. But you can't remember that's, what that, happened. That's what they're gonna bring us on the cheap. That's what a. That's what quote unquote AI. I keep saying quote unquote AI because it's not actual artificial intelligence. No, but that's what machine learning I'm, is. Uh, is Michael is, Bay. Is bring it Michael us. Bay is about as close to an AI as a human can become. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, the, the most interesting thing about Michael Bay movies, and this is actually why I think he's kind of fascinating, is that you can go watch an entire Michael Bay movie. You can leave the theater and not remember a single thing. Anything. It's no, in, that's it's 100% unbelievable true. because it's just so much noise no. happening. It's like it's it's like a good example. It's I can go back to Transformers with Michael Bay movies. It's so ridiculous to where like these two robots or however many robots are fighting each other. And it almost is like two action figures. Just it's toys. Colliding, it's, it's, it's just colliding with toy. each other, and I have no idea what's going on. It's just loud and noisy, and it has absolutely no soul. And that is the future of entertainment in any medium that you That's might enjoy. If if we don't if we don't let the people who are actually the creatives take a larger stake in creating. Yeah, that's a real. Yeah, it's a real shame. It really is a real shame because it's like. It's like a death of art sort of potential. Fe- I don't think it's possible. Like, I don't think it's cause, because art has always been at its very core, like something that's that's transgressive towards society and in the capitalist culture that becomes commodified. So, like, there's always going to be art. But, like, whatever the prevailing art in the society is, it's going to be so terrible because it's mm. going to be so not human. Like, it's going to be disgusting. You know what I mean? Sorry yeah. to get, like, a little bit... No, this is the Doomer talk. This uh-huh. is this is what I was looking for. That's Skynet, baby. Skynet's gonna yeah, be we, we Skynet starting at the, the movie theaters. I can't be doing all this like the world is. We're we're waking up the class consciousness. Everything was that. going like, too well. We needed we need to bring it down a little bit. Yeah, it's it's like bringing it back to movies. It's like the Matrix. Like my brain won't accept it. Like it has to, it has to be going bad, or I'm just like no, but, this can't be real. Like people are actually having class consciousness. Let me actors. Let me holy cow. Let me inject. Let me let me bring it back and inject a little bit more hope in there. If that if that if if that'll ruin your day, Um, but I will say this: that like, you know, in the work that I'm doing, there's nothing like seeing like workers who make you know no money, have no benefits, like going out and standing up for themselves. Like it's one of the most incredible things. Every time I go to a picket line, every time I go to a strike, every time I go to a, uh, an action with these, with these people who are essentially risking their entire, um, livelihoods to do it. Um, they're, I mean, it's, it's one of the most powerful things that you've ever seen in your entire life. You know what I mean? No, I couldn't imagine that. Yeah. And it, it must be pretty it's awesome real. as a job. Well, next, well, when the teamsters oh, go on strike, me. go on the picket line and talk with them. Heck yeah, dude! Oh, absolutely. Local two seventy. I mean, we lo- shout out to two seventy. We love we love a teamster. Mm-hmm. We do love a teamster. Absolutely, dude. Well, anyway, uh, anything anyway, else you want to say dude. before we roll? 
No, I gotta go pick up these these drugs. So it just, I don't yeah, lose my mind. Well, yeah. Well, um, thanks everybody for listening. This is Good Morning Comrade. You're listening to WHIVLP New Orleans 102.3. You can listen to us every Saturday at 10 o'clock uh, Central Time, or you can listen anywhere in the world at whivfm.org/slash. You can get more information about our show at goodmorningcomrade.com. Uh, follow Robert on Twitter at Comrade Morning. Follow me on Twitter at Eminent Prof. Did I, I deleted anything? Twitter off my phone. You don't have Twitter on your phone? I deleted it because it's, it's just awful. Like, I'm just so sick of seeing, like, like I'm, I'm getting sort of, like, racist reactionaries. Yeah. Like, on my note. I'm like, no, I don't want this. Well, Never did. So, got rid of it. I've been on it long enough that uh, that I just have to see it end, if you know what I mean. I want to oh, yeah, see it you. burning in the smoldering ashes of Twitter. Because it's going to happen, actually. I was, for the longest time, one of these guys that was like, there's no way they can end this. There's no way they can bring it down. But, like, every time there's, like, a weird Twitter update or whatever where yeah. it just breaks the entire app over and over again. And, like, Elon, like, essentially the idea is that, like, the only way to fix the app is to pay Elon eight ninety nine. Is like, well, <laughs> I ain't doing that one. And then two, uh, and then it's not even a matter of money. It's a matter of like I just not doing it. I could I could spend nine bucks a million other different ways. Exactly. And then like the other thing is, um, I don't know. I I I do enjoy seeing it fall apart. It is it is funny watching the aqueduct rot. You know, while you're just standing there. You know what I mean? Absolutely. No, it rules. You're 100 percent right. So anyway. Uh, right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This is WHIV LP New Orleans 102.3. We love you. Bye bye. Bye.